This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Remember when the talk in Ontario was of an establishment in North Toronto that was going to open up and offer sex robot rentals to men? And by the way, the sex robot industry is big, $30 million big, and it's growing, and it almost exclusively caters to males, heterosexual males. I could be a smartass uh, uh, and say something like, really? But I'm not surprised. And I am, as it happens, a heterosexual male. The concerns are many right now. The robots that are selling are a female figure with Playboy-type looks and hourglass body figures, uh, and that sets some kind of a standard that groups the world over are concerned about. There's more, and I have a guest. His name is Glenn Gary. He's a professor of psychology as well as founding director of evolutionary studies at the State University of New York. Thanks for joining us, Glenn. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Peter. All right, so first thing I have to ask you is, should we always have expected such high demand for these things? Um, you know, I think when you look at it, when you step back and look at it, the fact that there's high demand and that there's essentially a booming industry that's kind of, you know, on the brink right now, I've got to say it makes a lot of sense. You know, I mean, sex and mating issues are at the core of so much of human social life and um, and the nature of our lives in general that it it's not really surprising that technology is sort of pushing these kind of new these new technologies that are co-opting our our sexual um, thoughts and behaviors. Well, I'm not the least I'm not the least bit prudish, but I I use a saying sometimes that goes like this, and you've heard people say this: just because you can do something doesn't mean you necessarily should. But if at this relatively early stage in the development of artificial intelligence, you can put a lifelike robot out there for the sheer pleasure of somebody who buys it, and you already have a business that worldwide is generating thirty billion dollars. What does it say about our society? We look at the fact that uh, they're almost exclusively female with the attributes that I mentioned before. That's something unbelievable. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, I kind of feel like when you look at male mating psychology, you look at industries like the pornography industry, there's definitely been extensive effort, you know, using whatever technology has been available at the time to sort of co-opt male mating psychology. And I feel like the sex robot industry is kind of, you know, what's on the horizon for the future of technologies that are trying to make money off taking advantage of or exploiting um, male-evolved mating psychology. So I guess what you're saying is uh, if you go back 50 years, there was no uh, home video. So if people wanted to watch porn, they had to go find grainy black and white movies. And if people wanted to look at it in fixed perspective, Playboy was just just coming on the horizon. And uh, it wasn't overly done. The pictures that they displayed in those days were things like Marilyn Monroe in a bathing suit. Boy, do we ever evolve. <laughs> Correct. 
Okay, so robots uh, are here, and they're here to stay, and artificial intelligence is developing. The first thing that I, I am reading in looking at the, the research on this is robots, uh, some people are concerned, have no rights. Not that anybody seems to be talking about it, at least not on this side of the ocean. Robots have no rights, and there's a debate as to that uh, over there, but it, it means that male users can do anything they want with or to the robots. Right. And there's no crime being committed, and there's no objection from the person on the receiving end. Correct. And that's kind of a game changer um, because human-evolved sexual relationships were nothing like that. You know, So it's like suddenly because of technology, we can create exactly the scenario that you just talked about. But that's kind of dangerous in some ways because it's extremely artificial. Well, it's dangerous in, uh, in a, because it's artificial, but it seems to me that it's dangerous beyond that. Because if you've got some significant number of males who are doing this, um, number one, it's setting the standard that, that is, this is a blonde-haired, blue-eyed female with uh, a 38, 22, 36 figure, uh, scantily dressed or not dressed at all, with uh, a lot of lifelike parts that work very well. And that's then the norm for what everybody's supposed to be in real life. Nobody really looks like that. It's it's kind of like the way um, people were presented in the uh, the skin magazines of uh, 20, 30, 40 years ago. So that's one problem. And the second problem right. is if you can beat the snot out of one of these robots because you have a proclivity towards violence, uh, why can't you do it to a human? And apparently this kind of stuff is going on. Yeah, it definitely confuses and blurs a lot of lines. I think that is absolutely true. Um, you know, suddenly we have what seems like a human, what looks like a human, what's designed to be as human-like as possible, but it's not a human. So, you know, our minds didn't really evolve to, to make those distinctions, you know. So this, I think this technology has a lot of danger associated with it for exactly the reasons you're talking about. Well, doesn't it bode poorly for the male role in our society? Well, I think it is potentially difficult for males in society. I think it's potentially difficult for relationships in our society. Um, I think it's also know. terrifying for women because if uh, if right. Joe Blow goes uh, to uh, wherever he gets to use one of these things and then expects real-life females to behave in the same way, they might just not want to, if you know what I'm saying. They might not want to. They might not be able to. They might feel threatened. Um there's a whole thing with body image. You know, women have body image issues um, more than m males do, and a part of this is also what I call evolutionary mismatch. Under ancestral conditions, people are not surrounded by beautiful images of half-clad women on billboards, on the Internet, on their phones, but they are now. You know, so then regular women who, you know, might have been fine thousands and thousands of years ago are now feeling like, hey, wait a minute, my body doesn't look anything like what's on that billboard. And these robots, you know, are, are like the, an advancement, like a 3D version of the same thing. And the robots are not some inflatable rubber doll. They are mm -hmm. lifelike figures that, uh, to a greater and greater extent, as artificial intelligence uh, and motorization, servos and all that stuff are developed, will become almost like the real thing at some point. And I don't think that that can be a really great thing for society, do you? Honestly, I'm really concerned about it. Um, my interest in this came from a talk at the meeting of the Applied Evolutionary Psychology Society in Boston. The talk was given by a uh, renowned sex therapist, uh, Marianne Brandon, 
brilliant clinical psychologist, and she was talking about this, and everyone in the room was like, wait a minute, we hadn't even thought about this. You know, it really took a lot of us um, by surprise, and the data she put out there is essentially saying, you know, the real very lifelike um, robots that you're talking about, Peter, this might be 10, 15 years away, but everyone in the room was left with the feeling of, there's no stopping it. Boy, 10, 15 years is the snap of a finger and uh, something else yet to be concerned about. Glenn, thank you very much. Thanks so much for having me, Peter. All right. Glenn Gare, professor of psychology and a founding director of evolutionary studies at the State University of New York. We thank you. Thank you. And I'm Peter Sherman, Global News Radio.